listening to the Brand Builders Podcast with your hosts, Scott Dunstan and Brian Young. Welcome to another episode of the Brand Builders Podcast brought to you by the Dunstan Group. My name is Brian Young. I'm here with the president of the Dunstan Group, Scott Dunstan. And we are also here with the voice of the Carolina Panthers. And if you like to talk sports, you know, a lot of us like to talk sports, but most of us don't get paid to do it. And uh, and those that do earn a living will tell you it is not as easy as it looks. Uh, you know, our next guest here on the Brand Builders podcast, very comfortable around the mic. And even after 12 years of calling it like he sees it, he can still get a little excited about the Carolina Panthers. Mick Mixon, the voice of the Carolina Panthers radio network. Welcome to the show, buddy. So how are we doing thus far? Well, I'm honored, President Scott. Thank you, and and Brian as well. You guys are nice to me, and I appreciate being on the show. Uh, the Panthers are in a good spot right now. I think our, our our overall brand is healthy. I think that the team in general is kind of rebounded from a couple of disappointing losses in a row to win a couple in a row. And NFL is so funny. I guess it's a lot like business, and maybe life its own self. When you win, you feel like you got it figured out, and you think you may never lose. But then when you lose one or two, victory seems so elusive. And, and that's a good point. And, and I think in the NFL, more than any sport, there is ups and downs and ebbs and flows. And, and you look um, with the Carolina Panthers, like you just mentioned, they just made a big move, you know, moving Kelvin Benjamin to the Buffalo Bills. Me being a Florida State guy, love Kelvin Benjamin. And I'll be honest, I was a little too close to that, a little hurt, you know. But then when you see them play this week, it's like, man, maybe that was the good move. Tell us a little bit about what it's like to be inside an organization where sometimes there are tough decisions, specifically in the sports world, and there's a lot of people that could be a little upset, but in the reality, there's good moves and there's bad moves. Tell us a little bit about what it's like on that end. Yeah, I love to, Brian. All I ever wanted to be ever since I was a small boy, a little Mickey Mixon growing up in Chapel Hill, North Carolina, ever since I realized I'd been cheated out of the genetics that were to propel me to a great career on the field. Uh, all I ever wanted to do was, was be in the press box and around the batting cage and at practice and in the gym and covering sports. And it took me, I was too thick-headed, it took me a while to learn that there's always a backstory. There's always, it's never, in athletics, it's never really what you see. Uh, even TV with high definition, as descriptive as we try to be on radio, you could almost write a Faulkner novel on every play, every game, where this guy was supposed to get the ball, but he slipped down or he found out the night before his girlfriend was pregnant. So he went left when he should have gone right. He was up all night throwing up. He had a stomach. I mean, it just, it's incredibly complex. So for the Kelvin Benjamin deal, people want to backseat drive it. It's life in the fishbowl. But to the Panthers credit, this move was based on football principles and Carolina responded to the pressure of having parted company with an iconic young receiver and then won the next time out and looked halfway decent doing it. So that was a clutch day at Bank of America Stadium. Absolutely, and and that's awesome to have a little insight there. And, um, you know, with the Carolina Panthers, I think one of the, the unique things about this city is it's a big transplant, right? There's a lot of people that are coming here from all over. You could walk down the street and see probably more Bills jerseys than you could Panthers maybe five years ago, but I literally think there's something changing about this community, maybe it's, uh, you know, transplants coming in and then, you know, raising their kids to be Carolina Panthers. I came from Wichita, Kansas. I grew up a Chiefs fan. My wife was from Concord, North Carolina. She grew up a Panthers fan. We're expecting a son in March. 
I am not allowed to have him be a Kansas City Chiefs fan. And that's cool with me. I want him to grow up in Charlotte. I want him to cheer for the Panthers. Tell me, you know, you being in the organization, have you kind of seen that turning um, of the guard where now it's not, you know, hey, I got a couple of teams here and there. It's really people that are building uh, a true fan base here in Carolina and are diehards. It's come a million miles, Brian, and congratulations on uh, what you're expecting, man. That is fantastic. And Thank you. I look forward to that little one being reared as a Carolina Panther fan. But we're really still just getting going. As, as popular as the NFL is, as entrenched as it is in our social fabric, uh, we, we, we're only 22 years old, it's, it's, and we hadn't won one yet. If we can imagine how great it'll be when we win a Super Bowl. And now those Luke Keekley, those Cam Newton, those Greg Olson, Thomas Davis, Ryan Khalil jerseys, now everybody will remember exactly what they were doing, exactly where they were and who they were with when the Panthers brought absolute victory to the Carolinas. And I think part of it also has to do, guys, with Mr. Richardson's core philosophy. He believes that the fan is our greatest asset. He, If you've got a big ego, if it's all about you, you would not do well working here. Uh, he's looking for those employees that will stoop down to pick up some trash in the parking lot when we walk in that will expand out to other departments if they need help and not just exist in a crucible. And I think that our, our stadium, we want people to feel a Disney component. We want people to be comfortable with their families here. You could We could argue about whether it's good marketing or not, but our belief is that the intoxicated 300-pound cigarette-smoking guy in the upper deck we're better served if he doesn't take his shirt off. So we got <laughs> we got people security. You know, we don't bat a thousand, but we try to make it a as family a friendly atmosphere as a National Football League game can possibly be. Mick, Mick, how long have you been with the Panthers? This is my. I don't even really know. Some of my colleagues, uh, they 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 could tell you the number of games that quote they've won end quote as if somehow they ever threw a block or caught a touchdown pass. <laughs> I'm pretty sure this is my 13th year. I wow. started 2005. And for many, you know, this seems to be a dream job, man. You said you started young, and what were the steps you took to get to this position you're in? <laughs> well, I had to get cut from all the teams in junior high and high school. I had to have Coach McFall, my baseball coach in junior high school, tell me I was no good. Um, and 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 back then, you know, if your coach told you you Coach told you, you you didn't have it. That wasn't a meeting. That what that didn't mean your parents drove down to, to explain to the coach how wrong he was. That was your dad barely looking up from his newspaper saying, "Well, sounds like you need to find something else to do then after school. Maybe get a job." How's that sound? <laughs> but so, you stuck with it. That's kind of the way I was parented. I did not grow up in the Great Depression, but my father tried to simulate it at 2313 Honeysuckle Road in Chapel Hill, and so work was the currency that we my sister and I traded in at our house we 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 got lawn mowing babysitting I rode my bike down to the local radio station when I was 15 to interview for a job and then to run the board and and to update the weather line that was my most exciting day of the weekend was when I got to update the weather line I wasn't actually on the air but if you called in to our weather line number you got to hear my pre-puberty voice tell you about the barometric pressure. I mean, I, and I'm sure it was five times longer than it needed to be just because I wanted to talk. And then just uh, studying broadcasting and, and journalism at the University of North Carolina and, and making no money for years while all my friends were knocking down 
money and getting new cars and jet skis and stereos, and they all had credit cards and working on their 401k. But it didn't matter to me because I was wealthy in the most sustainable way possible because I was doing, even though it was American Legion baseball and no one was listening, I was doing exactly what I wanted to do. That's awesome, man. And, and so, you know, you definitely paid your dues. Um, you know, tell us what it's like, you know, to, to call a game for the main guides. The main guides. Oh, my God, you're dating yourself. <laughs> I was the voice of the main guides AAA baseball team in 1987, and I could fill a medium-sized book with just the experiences, just the lessons I learned in that year of my life alone. One thing I learned was that I do not wish to live in the Northeast. <laughs> uh, I also learned uh, trust no one. Uh, we had an off day one time, and I'm left-handed. So Coach Bill Dancy and our pitching coach, Tom Filer, he got me. they got me to throw BP. So I threw BP for, I don't know, 45 minutes or so. And then they, after I got showered, they called me into the manager's office and closed the door. And, and it was real serious. And the pitching coach and one of the backup catchers and the general manager of the ball club, they were all gathered around. And they said, and our manager, Bill Dancy, he said, Mick, obviously you pitched in college. And, and I said, no, no, I didn't. And they said, well, you must have pitched in high school. And I said, well, no, <laughs> no, I didn't. And they said, well, your stuff looked pretty good out there. And we've talked about it. And the club doesn't know this yet, but Jeff Calhoun's getting ready to get signed to the big club. He's leaving here Monday. What we'd like to do is sign you to a 10-day contract and, and have you be in the bullpen, maybe give us some spot relief uh, when, when we need a left-hander coming out of the pen. So I said, my God, I mean, I'm thinking – these guys have seen what no coach, no parent, no scout leader, no nothing has seen. They've seen my Panther-like agility, my combative spirit. <laughs> they want to sign me to a triple-A con. I mean, I bypass college, single-A, double-A. I go, I'm going right to triple-A. So I call my mom. I call my girlfriend at the time, and I said, they, they've, you know, they, I, they want to sign me to a contract. My mother said, that's nice, dear. You know, good. Well, who's going to do the radio? I said, well, the guy that used to do it lives up here. They're going to get him to do it. I'm supposed to go in tomorrow at 3 o'clock and sign the contract. I go in the now. I don't sleep. I'm tossing the turn all night thinking, man, I'm going to throw my stink ball in there. I'm going to turn that thing over. It's going to run right in on the hands of the left-handed hitters and down and away from the righties. And who knows, maybe I'll make the show. Wouldn't that be a story? So I go in the, ne the next day at 3 o'clock, and all the guys are in there real serious. They close the door, and then they all start laughing. <laughs> it was a joke. <laughs> And oh, I fell Mick, for it. I was just I was just a good enough pitcher to to believe that maybe you and had I a fell chance. for it. <laughs> that is incredible. And um wow, what a story, Mick. And and one thing I guess to, to kind of change it back into the Carolina Panthers, and one thing I think a lot of people are are interested in recently, um, you know, Jerry's son came out, made the announcement that they were planning on selling the team in the future. I think a lot of Carolina Panthers fans, since you've seen what's happened in St. Louis and Oakland and San Diego you know, are now kind of wondering, oh, like, what's that mean? And from you being inside the organization, what can you tell us about it? Um, do we need to be getting worried, or, or are we going to be here for a while? I wish I knew. Uh, life has cards that she don't like to show. But I do know this. I, I can't imagine a world in the – I can't imagine a universe without the Carolina Panthers in it. Can you? I no. mean, it just – NFL football brings us together like nothing else. I mean, where else but here, and by here I mean Bank of America Stadium, where else but here 
the Duke and Carolina, Auburn and Alabama, Clemson and South Carolina fans get along like they do here. Where else but here do Republicans and Democrats, homeless people and CEOs, believers and non, get along like that? The differences between us melt away so easily when we're all cheering for our NFL team. So I hope we're here for a long, long time. That's a great point. And and uh, you're not just a voice of talent either. Tell us, tell us a little more about your other career as a drummer. Well, um, I appreciate that. I, I used to always wonder uh, why my parents drank so much alcohol. <laughs> and I thought maybe they were just genetically predisposed to it. But as an adult, I realized it was probably my fault. Uh, with my uh, left-handed, nearsighted, buck-tooth, procrastinating, smart-aleck style and beating on the drums at all hours, practicing various beats. Uh, that's probably why they did that. But I just have always loved percussion. I love drums. And, and, you know, the older we get, guys, and I know, Scott, you've experienced this, and, Brian, you probably have too. If you're old enough to know who the, what the main guides were, you, you know what I'm about to say. You get older – your opportunities to be on a team are less. A team is the greatest place you can be, and especially when you're a guy. And I don't know how – I've only been a guy. I've never been a female but and don't aspire to be. But uh, being a man, it's there's nothing like bowling. And we, and we chase it, you know, jogging, uh, uh, F3, uh, fantasy football league, uh, softball, bowling, poker. We'll do almost anything to be a part of a team, won't we? Absolutely. And, when I'm sitting on the drums and my band's hot and my wife, who's the lead singer, is, is, is letting her smoking hot talent resonate through that PA system and the crowds enjoying it, uh, I got chills right now just, just trying to articulate it to you. That's amazing. That is. And, and Mick, so, um, you know, with you, the voice of the Panthers, we can hear you every Sunday. Tell us, you know, what's the best way to listen to you to the games? Is there, you know, a way that we can watch the games on TV and then get the true, you know, voice of the Panthers? Uh, and, and then another way that we might be able to follow you as far as, you know, Instagram, Twitter, or any other things we can learn about Mick? Well, I believe that scarcity breeds momentum. So I'm the easiest guy in Charlotte to get a hold of, but uh, you have to do it through the traditional ways. I'm not on tr uh, Twitter. I'm not on Instagram, Snapfish, Polecat, <laughs> FaceTime, um, any of those other things. Uh, there is a Facebook page. My wife told me she, she you ho hollered at me the other night. She said, I thought you, she's on her laptop. She said, I thought you said you were not on Facebook. I said, babe, I'm not. She said, well, there's a Facebook page on you. And I said, no way. And she, she showed it to me, and it was auto-created. I guess there's an algorithm that creates a Facebook page for you if enough people, not that I'm, I mean, I'm nobody, not that I'm nobody desires to learn more about my life, but I guess I've been tagged by enough other photos or whatever where, and she showed it to me. And sure enough, there's some couple pictures of me, and it made me feel a little oily because I didn't do it, and I don't want it to be done, but there's nothing I can do about it. That's Welcome amazing. to social media. <laughs> <laughs> Your debut. <laughs> Humble MC. Well, Mick, this has been awesome. Thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us. I think we learned some more stuff, um, not only about you, um, but about the Carolina Panthers and, and really do appreciate your time and, and look forward to listening to you and, and hopefully cheering on our Carolina Panthers to a Super Bowl. Uh, we're fans of the Dunstan group and, and Brian Scott, I appreciate the visit and listen to all the Panther games you can on, on our flagship station, News 1110, 99.3 WBT. Always enjoy it. Thank you, Mick. All right, buddy. Have a good one. Good luck. Appreciate it, guys. Thank you. Yes, sir.
You've been listening to the Brand Builders Podcast, brought to you by the Dunstan Group, with your host, Scott Dunstan and Brian Young. For branded merchandise and apparel that makes first impressions and ones that last, check out the Dunstan Group at dunstangroup.com.